you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy it. Hey, y'all. It's another Open Bar Talk podcast, the uh, dopest bartending podcast in the streets. Uh, This episode, however, we are going to be dedicating some time to a role in the bar that I think is very important is the bouncer. And we're going to be talking to a bouncer. We're going to learn the life that uh, that exists within that space. Um, so very excited uh, to introduce our guest in a minute. But uh, before we do that, I want to tell you where you can find this podcast. Um, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere where you download podcasts is where you can find this one. Um, rate, review, subscribe. That is how people find out about the show. And we want people to do that. We want people to listen to rate and uh, have a good time with it. So yeah, just do that and tell all of your friends how fun this uh, podcast is. That's also very important. Uh, openbartalk at gmail.com. Uh, openbartalk on Instagram. So follow us there. We will follow you back. And you know what? Slide in the DMs. Fuck it. Uh, come talk. Come talk to the show. Who cares? Uh who I am, I'll tell you, I am Jim Search. You can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com. You can go on all social media, find me at Jim Search. I make branding super easy for you. Now, with that being said, I'd love to introduce our guest we have on for this episode. Very funny dude and has some wild stories uh, from the days of bouncing. Pudge Fernandez, sir, how are you? What's going on? Good morning, Jim. Thanks for having me, man. Hmm. Glad to have you on, sir. Uh, we're going to have some fun here today. Uh, looking forward to uh, hearing right. about your life, man. So, uh, you know what? Let's, uh, let's just jump right in, man. How did you get into the world of bouncing? Talk to us. How did I get in the world? Um, actually, I don't know. Ever since I was younger, I've always... The, the first thing about bouncing is it's, it's all over the place. It's crazy hours. It, it, there's some excitement. And it's just... It's challenging. Right. And these are the type of jobs that I guess I always found myself getting myself into. Mm-hmm. I initially, I went into the military, so I did several years in the military. Okay. And after when I came home, I got into loss prevention, retail loss prevention, which consists of, for people who don't know, loss prevention, we're the undercover guys who catch the shoplifters. Right. So we're, right. On, we're undercover, uh, we're in street clothes, we're blending in, we're on the cameras, and then when people are stealing, we make a stop. There's a, you know, there's a, there's a moment where you're head to head with a person sure, and, sure. You, and you don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's, okay. almost, it's, <clears throat> it's the closest thing to being a cop without being a cop because you don't know what's going to pop off. And we've had some hand to hand combat. So always Shit, challenging. Man. Where, yeah, cr- where right. were you doing loss prevention? Uh, I started with Marshall's department store. And mm-hmm. then as I moved up the ladder, uh, I was handling Marshall's and TJ Maxx. They're the same company. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, yeah, no, so, just move. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you. So, so you went from working like retail stores, like security or undercover security, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then how? So how did you get into the bar scene? What was that? What was that? Well, uh, on the launch prevention staff, we're always hiring, and we hire these two guys. Uh, they're called. They're known as the twins. They're probably uh, two of the most famous New York City bouncers that we have. Mm-hmm. They're like very well known. 
when when we hired them, they had just finished uh, making a movie documentary called uh, Behind the Velvet Rope Bounce. I oh. believe it's on it's on Showtime. You can it's on YouTube actually now, but it was filmed by um, an independent uh, film guy. He sold it to Showtime. There was a huge premiere they went to, and now it's on YouTube. I believe it's Bounce Behind the Velvet Rope, a little documentary about bouncing. So I had these we had these two guys on our team now. Right. They were still bouncers, and hey, just from working with them, hanging with them, and hearing their stories, and me attracted to that challenging life, and hey, looking to make a little bit of extra money, also, right. you know, I let them, I let them know. Okay. Well, hey, listen, if there's anything available, I'm totally down. And they were like, "All right." Uh, it took a while. Okay. It took a while. They didn't hire me right away. I, you know, something about the bouncing community. It's a, it's a kind of close knit community as in like it's mafia style like you don't just walk in you got to be brought in right and right. when you're brought in you're being vouched so it's serious because your ass is on the line it, sure. as a bouncer and so it took a it took a while at least a couple of years but i guess after seeing me work in the daytime and how i handle myself and everything you know i got the little military background and mm. i'm very respectful very professional but if the shit hits the fans you know, I got dirty, you know what I'm saying? Sure, so sure. Do, you got to do what you had to do. So one day I'm actually chilling in a lounge in Queens and I get a phone call. He goes, yo, you want a job? Come on down. And I literally left that lounge and went straight, you know, to the club. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, so were you So you were hanging out at that lounge, just chilling? No, no, at another lounge. I was I was drinking at a lounge in Queens. That's, that's what I was saying. At, and, 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 yeah, and he was in the city. He was, he was, uh, he was in the city. He goes, yo. Uh, I got your spot. If you want it, come get it. So it's like that, you know, it's like snap, crackle, pop. It's sure. It's a whole different. I mean, not only is a job different, but just getting it. It's not like, okay, first fill out an application <laughs> right. and there's then no have an in, initial interview. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no monster.com. This doesn't sound like you uh, <sighs> that in anyhow that works. No, no. So, so you, uh, so you go to this lounge or I'm sorry. So you go into the city to this club, right. uh, to start bouncing. What, so like, what was like your, like, how are you feeling going into it? Because I mean, this is like, you've been waiting years to do this, right? Yeah. Now's yeah. your time. Like walk us through, uh, how are you feeling uh, that first night? Oh, wow. That very, I remember that very first night very, very well because, okay, they were, they let me know black suit. Black shirt, black tie, black everything. Boom, you know, look sharp because it was a very high, well known, very high end club. It was uh, Lotus Lotus Lounge yep. in the Meatpacking yeah. District. Very, very well known at the time. And as soon as I got there, I mean, the place was packed. There was a line. It was a, it was like in the middle of the scene, and mm-hmm. I show up. They just told me to show up at this time, and I was there, and I was just like, you know, there's no and, and there's no training. There's no real training. There's no like sit down and watch a video <laughs> right. or the boss talk to me one-on-one. No, it was like, all right, stand right there. He'll be with you. And I just had to stand outside and wait for the boss. And right. he was dealing, he was dealing with the line. And my boss at the time, um, six foot seven, about 300 pounds, at least two eighty six seven. That's a big dude, man. Very big dude. And I'm waiting on him. So I'm just waiting patiently right by the, the entrance. And then a call comes in because we had our radios. They had hooked me up with a radio, so I'm just standing here, radio call, and they're like, somebody's pissing in the elevator. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's like oh. that's the first dispatch is we got a pisser. We got a pisser right now. <laughs> we got a, somebody's in the elevator's pissing. So the, I see the the boss. He's like shit. So he lifts, he takes the the velvet rope. He, he comes out. He pull, he takes me. He goes come with me. So he's making his way through the club, and I'm following him. Mind right. you, I don't I don't know what the, I've never been inside the clubs. So I have no fucking clue what it looks like. I'm following him, and I'm just kind of absorbing and following this huge, large man through right. a club. And finally, zigzag. We get to the back. There's an elevator. The door opens. There's this guy passed out and piss in the elevator. <laughs> oh Jesus! And he, he so the boss looks down at he looks down because he's six. <laughs> fucking yeah. six eight whatever and so uh and he's like take him out take him out like take murder him, him. Out. no i'm just kidding. take him no look you know i know what it meant Eject. but again uh i have you know in in the military i was in the infantry i i got training i knew how to do my job i did it well loss prevention i didn't know how to catch a shoplifter they taught me and they all the insights and it was great training and i learned it and i excelled i mean they did it well there's no, there was no training when he took. They, yeah. I didn't, I, there was like a half second delay in my brain. What is take out me? What he, in my mind, like really fast? Like what exactly do you want me to do? Like do I just you know? Like there was a hesitation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. But that's because I didn't. Nobody. I, how, how do you be a bouncer? What exactly can or can I not do? What are the parameters? I was right. so very well trained. But this is a club. This is bouncing. This is New York. I think, yeah, I said, you know what? I think I got it. So I just yoked them. I just grabbed them, pulled them up, and got them out as hard and as fast as I could. And the boss was like, all right, good. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) It was was just that simple. That simple. Just pick them up, get them out. Was he like? Was he passed out still the whole time, or did he wake up? Did he come to and was like, "Oh shit, I'm now." Yeah, no, he, it was that. It was that woke up. Oh shit, mm-hmm. and he was, and we were, you know, taking him out. Oh my god, do you? I mean, was he like? I mean, what was it? Was he saying anything, or was he fucking? No, no, he was so fucking drunk. It was just garbledy good. Uh, you know, he was, uh, uh, you know, they, and with the music blasting, half the time you can't hear them, so it's like. Right. They're, they don't know what's going on. They just know they're being carried out, you know, like, ah, and then boom, fresh air. And once they're outside, and that's that's another thing about being a the, the something about fresh air. We've all been there. Sure, but, but yeah. When you're, when you're, especially when you're thrown out, it's like, oh, oh, and then you wake up. And it's by that time, it's over, and we're back inside. He's out, so. Right, right. It's like that's uh, that's the sobriety check is uh, <laughs> when, uh, when that air hits you and you go, I did something real bad in that club. Yeah. Yeah, something real fucking bad. So, 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 so that was the first night, man. Your yeah, first, was night first night was the pisser. Um, <laughs> now, now, I guess my, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, after, like, said dude is pissed all over the elevator. Like, do you close that off? Like, do you just? How do you? I have no, no, I have no idea. Uh, no, no, uh, I just took him out, and then, and then he told another bouncer to set me up upstairs at, in my area. Okay. Uh, and that's it. So whatever happens, I don't know. We just, we're security. So we don't, that's it's not our part. I mean, he calls it in done. And then right. whoever else, the managers handle the rest of that. So yeah, Shit. we just, we just pull, pull out done. I can't imagine for the life of you that like when you stepped in there, like, you know, I'm going to have to drag out someone covered in urine. 
Like that's not the first thought. You know what I mean? Like that's not what you're anticipating going in, right? Yeah, especially the first. I, you know, I thought maybe like most jobs, you kind of wean your way in. You mm-hmm. learn the ropes. Somebody's gonna bring you in and say, "Hey, buddy, this is how it's done." Or look, no, it's like let's go, take him out. He's he's in the elevator, passed out and pissed. Okay, that's the well, job, right? You're hired. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, so, basically. So that's the first night at Lotus, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, how long were you there? How long were you working there? Um, at least, oh God, four or five years. Mm, five, okay. maybe. Right up, almost up until closing. They closed, yeah, almost up until they closed. So in those five years, I have to imagine there was much more uh, activity along those lines of just having to bounce motherfuckers, drunks, all that shit, right? You know what? It was a very well-respected club, and it was a. It was out of the, all the bouncing jobs I had, um, that was my favorite. We had uh, number one. We had a very. We had a great boss. We had a great door because, as you know, the door regulates who gets in, and if you have a strong door, uh, right. you know, eighty percent of the time you're good. You're good. That, that decreases the chances of a ship popping off if you have a strong door. And then when you have good, good employee, good workers, the, the, the bartenders, the waitresses, the mm-hmm. bus boys, the barbacks, everybody just worked together. They actually helped us. We helped them. And it was just one big right. like family style. So not, not too many. Yes, we had, we had quite a few, but not as crazy. Thank God. Cause some, I, I remember, I've heard of the, the, the stories in the eighties and the early nineties where it was like fucking outlaw West fucking shoot them up anything pops off and well yeah i mean you know as any new yorker would know like in the nightlife man it's like the tunnel was Mm. fucking that was that was the wild west from what i heard and that and that was i felt that when i came in i felt like i just missed this period of bouncing half Mm. the guys i work with worked at the tunnel Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I just started, and I think oh two, oh three, oh three, something like that. I just started, so everybody mm-hmm. I worked with came from the tunnel, mm-hmm. came from Limelight, right? They came from uh, was it the Club USA? The one uh, was it Club USA? I want to say yeah. Um, that it, that rings some bells, but so, yeah, yeah. It was a. I was in the military, but I heard about it. <laughs> That's how big it was. Yeah, but yeah. It, it was that generation, so they came. It was like their Vietnam of bouncing, <laughs> the eighties like, and nineties. Because I, the stories I heard, you know, it, it, the Palladium, Palladium, Avalon, Avalon, exactly. So, and I just, so I feel like I was this new, the next generation. Where, and the biggest thing I, I, I remember is, I think I was licensed at the time. At the time, yeah, you had to have a security license. Back in the day, you could be off the street. Yeah, man. Straight up. <laughs> Straight up. You, get, you came out of Rikers, you could be out of jail and you got a job. Yeah, it's like, yo, I punt, you know, I cut somebody's face up, C74, they're like, come on in. Let's yeah. go. You're hired. Yeah. yeah, basically, it's just wild. It was very wild. And, and yeah. <laughs> so, so, after, so after Lotus, uh, where, where did you go from there? Uh, Lotus, I went to Mansion. Okay, now what what was that like? Talk a little bit. Do you what was what was it like uh, working there? Uh, Mansion was it was uh, it was the biggest club uh, happening in Miami. That so that was, it popped off in Miami. 
Okay. Uh, and then now they opened one in New York and they were hiring. And because Lotus was on the brink of closing, we had gotten word. So I said, let me just, you know, get a job. Right. Uh, which was kind of a mistake. I should have stayed at Lotus. Uh, Mansion was th- at least the first thing I'd noticed was at least three times, four times bigger. It was Shit. huge. It was absolutely huge. The team was three times bigger. The club was three, four times bigger. Uh, so that that was the biggest thing. But I didn't like the atmosphere too much as far as the security team. It just wasn't run. Just was like I said. Lotus was probably the best team I was ever on. Mm-hmm. With the bet, and it starts at the top. The best boss, and, and it just it filtered down. You know. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. L- let me ask you, like, how d- did that impact like the clientele that was coming in? Because like of the, it sounds like you weren't fucking with them like that at Mansion. Like, I mean, I guess I say that to say that like, how was the door? Like, did they have the strong door? Like, Good. Saying? Good question. And that'll lead into my worst, the worst experience I ever had as a bouncer. Like I said earlier, uh, well, first off, one thing I never, I, I never realized because I wasn't a bouncer yet was, and I did find out when I became one is, uh, we're outnumbered every <laughs> single night. Never <laughs> as a patron, as a customer, you don't think about that, you know, but as right. a bouncer, you realize you're fucking outnumbered every single night 10 to 1 easy right sometimes it's up to 15 to 1 so and if something pops off and everybody decides to gang up it's a wrap right so that's why like i said the door is the most important spot that's where it starts that's where you keep you know the negativity out keep the good people in and that's where you can control what happens inside if you have a good strong door person you're going to have a good night 80% of the time. You can't wean them all out because there's always going to have something happen. Sure, at least sure. 80%, you can, you can lock it down. <laughs> now, what happened at Mansion was, uh, and, and, and this goes for a lot of clubs, all clubs, as a matter of fact. Certain people get in, certain people don't. Right. Now, those people get pissed. Some people want to start a fight. Other people want to pay their way in. So there's a lot of bribery. Sure. There's yeah. A lot of, there's a lot of cash. There's a lot of palms being greased. Sure. And it's and you know what? Uh, it's one of those. It's it's acceptable. Don't you know the the nature of the beast is uh, you can't do it. Those are the rules. You can't do it, and, or else you get fired. But it happens. It's almost acceptable. Hey, listen, we don't see it, and nothing happens. We don't care. Right. Don't let me. Don't let me catch you. Right. Don't let me catch you. So it's all you know un, under the table. You know, as long as it doesn't affect what's happening inside, doesn't affect the register, all good. Unfortunately, in some clubs, it happens a little too much and it's a little too heavy and it's a little, it's not controlled that well. So, and that happened a lot at Mansion. And this wasn't like by individual security guys per se, because yeah, it happened, a lot of individual security guys, bouncers, some do, some don't. But this right. was headed, by, this was headed by the boss. The boss. <laughs> the boss was gre- getting his palm greased and letting motherfuckers in. Yeah, and and there was bullshit. And then if you and if you made something as an individual bouncer, you had to give the boss a cut. Mm. So this boss was was doing shit on his own and shaking down his own bounces. So See, if I made a if I made a hundred, I had to kick back thirty. 
And that's her all. I mean, you were saying that's like twice, three times the size where you were before. So you think that's 30 ahead, three times the staff. Like this dude's fucking banking. Exactly. And then I tell you he's an ex-cop. Makes sense. That, <laughs> that, that adds up, Pudge. That adds up. This motherfucker was dirty, 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 dirty. And you know what? That club, I didn't like the atmosphere. I didn't like, you know, just a lot of security guys. They were cool. I made friends and and stuff like that. But I just didn't like the vibe. I was, I just, I was in the mindset: just show up, do my job, and get out. I wasn't trying to make money or anything like that for the most part. But they were, and because I didn't want to deal with him. You know what I'm saying? It's just sure. too much negativity. Didn't really affect me, so fuck it. But until it did affect me and the whole fucking club. Right. Uh, fast forward. I don't remember what year it was. It was Christmas. Christmas Day. Christmas Day fell like on a Saturday. And they had one of the most popular, biggest DJs in New York City that night. DJ okay. Carmelo. DJ Carmelo. Okay. Are you familiar with DJ Carmelo? No, um, but doesn't mean that he's not popular. No, no. <laughs> just because I don't well, know him, doesn't mean popular. Well, he, he he's huge in New York because he commands the hip hop Latino scene. So he mixes that hip hop Latino. So he pulls that crowd, and sometimes large portions of that crowd come from the hood, right? Deep in the hood, deep, 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 and just and everyone comes out when he's when he's DJing, and it can be a very raw, tough element. So right. the door has to be tight. And not to say nothing against the DJ, because he is a sweetheart. I've seen him in other clubs. I bumped into him, met him, you know, briefly. Sweetheart of a man. Sweetheart. He's the nicest. He's a gentleman. But the people he pulls, <laughs> fucking may gangster. Not, may not, be, may not mm-hmm. be gentlemen. No, no. Fucking gangster. So here we are. It's Christmas. He's got lines around the corner. And the door is making money under the table. The security, you know, the head security is making his money. He's just, he's letting them all in. He's letting them all in. He's letting them all in. And he's cashing in and he's cashing in. And it's like, what, whatever. Right. And that night I was in the, I was in the front of the club by the cashier, mm-hmm. somewhere in between the cash. They always have me in the shitty spot. That's also why I didn't like the working there. They always put me in the shitty spot. Go go do cold check for the night or go do the back door or go right. cashier. And I'm like, I like to be inside. But anyway, so I'm, I'm by the cashier. And then finally, somebody told me, yeah, go inside. Go by the back. Go inside the club, you know, back section. I'm like, all right, cool. Right. And when I got there, it wasn't long. And then all of a sudden, just like that, it was a bottle war. Oh, shit. I- yeah, I don't. I don't mean uh, ordering bottles. I no. mean fly, flying bottles. Bottles started flying. One table had beef with another table. The other table's friends were there, and Bacardi, uh, Jabim, tequila and- was flying, and it just the I, it went from a crowded dance floor packed, and it just it looked like Moses parted the red. Right, sea. right, right, right. It was it was, the, it was visually visually amazing to see that. Oh, some, <laughs> from a from an optical sense, yeah. wonderful. However, to yeah, that that don't sound they, like fun to me. And then the whole center where all the, these tables were made at, and and just bottles, just like. I mean, I was in the military. It looked like missiles, just missiles flying from one Holy end of the shit, man. Just missiles, and 
and glass shattering, glass breaking, and, and uh, not only bottles, but glasses and anything. The buckets, they were throwing the buckets with the ice, anything they could get their hands on. So picture what a, what's at a typical table, and right. that's what was being thrown. The, the bottles, the glasses, the bucket, the ice, even the little fruits. They were throwing strawberries. They, they just, <laughs> they, anything they gave their hands on, it was just fucking flying, and the glasses were shattering. This is like a high were, stakes, it's like a high stakes food fight. It, uh, oh my, it's like third school. degree. It's a black belt food fight with fucking glass. And it was, and I'm looking at this and the, and the thing is about bouncing is when something pops off, it's like, um, it's like in the, where we, in the military in the infantry, it's reacting to contact. You know, you get contact, you react and you know how to react and right. you're already trained and you, and you know, react to contact, you know, um, I, there was nothing in the manual about how to react to bottles. Flying <laughs> over your head. There was, there was there was nothing. I was like, um, manual, man, no, yeah. bottle, page, glass. Page 36, bottles. Here's how this has to go, right? So bottles are flying. You, how, do you, how do you handle it? I mean, you were there. Like, what did you do? All, we, all I can do was whatever people, keep, just keep people away, just the safety. Right. It's one of those situations, and I've heard about it before, where you just got to let it, let it go. Mm-hmm. You can't. I've I, very rare. Yeah, I've heard of fights like this with everybody is in the melee. You just kind of let it grow, let it burn out, and that's right. all you can do. Just keep, just take care of everybody's safety around. Keep people away. Send people upstairs. You know, keep people away from the line of sights of these flying bottles. Don't let anybody else jump in. Because a lot of people, will, you know, be like, "Hey, that's my friend," and then try to jump in. You keep them back. Right. And it was just it was a spectacle, and it was like never felt so helpless. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because, like, I was a uh, uh, couple guests ago, you know, there was the one, like you were saying, like, when you have this, like, full-on brawl, right, when you got, like, 25, 30 people just beating the shit out of, throwing shit at each other, beating the shit out of each other, you're only 10 deep. Like, yeah. you're, you can't, you can't put that fire out. You Like you said, you got to let it fucking burn. And yeah. Eventually, eventually you're gonna run out of bottles, right? right. Event, yeah. like, you, you can't go, you can't go up to the bar in the middle of this and go, "Yeah, can I get a bottle of Bacardi right now?" Right. Reload, reload, I, reload. Yeah, <laughs> you can't go to the no. Salvo to uh, pick up more ammunition. I don't think, I don't think it works like that. And the, and the hilarious thing I saw, and I've seen it before, but it, it stuck with me this time was I saw one of like the back door open up, and outside in the street were cops. <laughs> and and I and I've noticed that throughout throughout the time I was bouncing, the cops are always outside. They're always outside, but they right. never come inside. Never come inside. And here we are, the biggest melee, and, and they never came in. So I find that that was pretty funny. And I think it is. I think they don't want to come inside. Hell it's, no. It's, it's 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 they're like it's their problem unless somebody's stabbed or shot. We're not going in. Yeah. And like, I think that's like a misconception like people have is that like, you know, uh, even though the cops are outside, like, you know, like the cops are outside, so they'll go in and solve the problem. Nope. Like, do you know how many, like, just real quick, like how many times I bet at a bar or club and there's been that fucking riot like you're talking about and the cops are just chilling outside. Yes. Yes. Chilling. Exactly. Just waiting. They're not like, like what's going on in there? They're just like, nope, nope. No, nope. I think I think like it's an unwritten law. We're the police inside and they're the police outside. They Absolutely. don't handle sh- until it happens outside. Even yeah. even then, they're kind of like, 
mm, do I want, all right, I guess I'll deal with it, man. Like there is like, I, again, I've seen those situations, man, where I watch motherfuckers get pounded outside of a bar and the cops are like, all right. <laughs> like, and, and believe it or not, some of those cops uh, are really cool and they work with us. Right. They, I, th- I think they feel, they understand our jobs. I had this uh, one night, uh, a lady wanted uh, to try to have me arrested. Okay. All right. Because uh, it, was, it was back in Lotus, typical night. Uh, sometime during the middle of the night, drunk couple, drunk couple, fucking about to pass out in the middle of the floor all over each other. Sure. You know, you know Fernandez, Fernandez, you know, take them out, escort them out. You know, they're, they're too mm-hmm. fucked up. So I'm escorting this couple gingerly, nicely professionally now do you um, have do you have one on each arm as you're carrying them out trying trying I mean, <laughs> right. you gotta be careful whenever there's a female and a male involved you gotta be careful because he's right. running on alcohol and testosterone and if he thinks you're touching his girl it might get a little hairy which right. kind of just is almost happened so i'm trying to get them out the door and they're fucked up and they don't want to leave wow Nobody wants to leave. Surprise. But you got to leave. So they start a little tussle, a little pushing. And I'm like, yo, no, you guys got to go. You guys got to go. And the girl took a swing at my nuts. Wow. So, and she missed, but I took it personally. (laughs) (laughs) I took took offense to that. I took offense to that. Exactly. (laughs) And again, um, you know, for every action, there's a reaction. Uh, I have a policy. I picked it up in the infantry. I don't fire unless fired upon. And sure. she took a shot. Now, I I know she's a female. I got to be careful. I can't do what I would like to do, but I had to do something. So, and I had to get them out. That was the initial thing. So here we are. We're near the door. So I just stomped her foot. Okay. I, I stomped her foot, which was perfect, which was a perfect, because the shock of it, got her distracted and got him distracted and then i pushed him out the door job done right so i got a little payback and i did my job i got them out job mm-hmm. done go back inside watch the floor two minutes go by fernandez fernandez come to the front bring your security id cops want to talk to you oh shit I'm man like, <laughs> I'm like fuck i know what this is so I go outside. There's the lady. She's screaming. She, he hit me. He attacked me. He did this. He did that. And I'm like, fuck. So a police officer comes up to me. He goes, hey, buddy, what happened? So right. I, I start explaining myself, the story like I'm telling you. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. What's that on your face? I'm like, what's what? What's that? You got blood? I'm like, yeah, I got a little. I guess she scratched me. Hold on one minute. Hey, lock her up. Holy shit. She's gone. Lock her. Look at her. She's gone. And I was like, oh, shit. Wow. She got locked up. She got locked up. And God I, and damn. I got a, and I got an order of protection for her just in case. It was Holy hilarious. She, they were actually from another country, I think, fucking Israel or something like that. I don't know, but she got locked up. Yo, man. That's hilarious. And it's, but you know, that is that, that is that relationship though, that like bouncers and the cops have like in this case, right. Where it's like, you know, you're doing, you're doing your job on the inside. I'm doing mine on the outside. So like, I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching out for you type of shit. Right. Yeah. And they understand the situation. And also here's the thing. Uh, they were, the cops don't want to get bothered or, or, or annoyed. 
and she was doing exactly that. Listen, being an, an asshole. And and also, and I've said this before, man, is the worst way to ever set up a story of like a he said, she said with a cop is I was drunk and because immediately they go, you were what? Oh, okay. And, and half the time they don't even have to say it because when they're in a cop's face, they smell it. They're right. trained to smell it. They know what it smells like. They know, and and your story is fucking shot, man. Like, I mean, there's a lot of other factors that go into that shit, but trust me, they are not trying to hear any of that shit, man. Nope. So, so listen, let me let me ask you a question. During your years of being a bouncer, right? What is? I always I ask this. This is one of my favorite questions. What is the one thing that you learned doing this job? And it doesn't have to be about the bar scene. It could be whatever whatever you think. What is the one thing that sticks out in your mind that you learned from doing this job? Uh, communication is the key to everything. Mm. Okay. It, 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 it's about uh, specifically for as a bouncer, everyone thinks it's, it's about this and being physical. No, no, it's about, you know, this and this. If you can connect your brain to your mouth and, and, and you pitch it right, you can talk your way out of it, out of something into, you know, you can, you can communication is the key. You can, you can resolve issues communicating. And especially in a bouncer scene where you're outnumbered, uh, you're dealing with uh, testosterone, alcohol, and drugs, you know, so, so communication is key. And, of course, that goes for everything in life, so – that's you know it's it's really interesting you bring that up because um we had a we had another bouncer on the podcast and he said essentially the exact same thing that you have to know how to talk to people and you have to respect people when you're talking to them because that is how you that's how you can solve a lot of your problems and it's similar to communication being key if i yep. know how to talk to you and i know what i can say to de-escalate a situation then that's what I need to do if I'm trying to do my job right, you know, because yeah. like it goes without saying that like, you know, uh, there are certainly bouncers out there who are not deescalating shit and are yeah. in it. I've, yeah. And I mean, you've done it long enough to yeah. be like, yeah. yo, this guy just wants to fight <laughs> yeah, and get away with it. Right. Or he's just absolutely stupid or dumb. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking. This is one person. Just, you just. Eh. We hired. We at this. Uh, we hired this one kid, fucking kid, uh, and he wasn't. Again, you got like I said before in the, up top. You know, you got to be greased in, juiced in. You got to be vouched in. Sure, you know, sure. it's like it's very. It's a very. It's kind of clicky, but for safety reasons, we're not going to bring anybody that we don't trust because it's our asses on the line. We're outnumbered every night. Right. But sometimes some people get into other ways and means through the back door. And this one kid was a friend of the owner's friend. It was some. It was a son. It was the son of the owner's best friend. Right. It was his. It was his kid. Didn't make it in college. Need something to do. He it's had like, a security license. It's like the fuck up from The Godfather. What's his name? Afredo. Uh, yes. Fredo. Yes. It's like he was, yes. He was a six foot two. Wider than Eminem, Jufro, uh, freaking Fredo. You know, he just he, he had the poofy just, hair. Just fucking yeah. up. Yeah, not that he was Jewish. We just call it a Jufro. I'm, I was born in the seventies, grew up in the eighties. It is what it is. But yeah, he had that poofy. And, and, and the thing is, as bouncers, uh, for the most part, they're intimidating looking. Right. If you, you know, for the most part, I was probably the least. 
uh, intimidating because I'm all, I was technically I was the smallest. I was I'm five ten. Okay, yeah, and, yeah, that's I'm like 5'10". that's short, but in bar like in bouncer world, I mean that's a yeah. tall like that's pretty. I mean it, it's a little. I would say a little bit above average height, right? Like yeah, five ten, five eleven. You're like oh, okay, let's see. You know, yeah, uh, I didn't have any muscle. I was pudgy. You know, that's my name, Pudge. So right. I, I had a little heaviness, but I also carried a baby face. So I was probably the least intimidating looking, and sometimes I get baked on for that, which is hilarious. But this guy was literally a walking stick and just 90 pounds. He right. didn't look up the part at all. And I, I used to call him a walking minefield because he was always. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Because he, he didn't know how to react. He didn't know how to talk. And he's always scruffling and throwing people up. He, he watches too many movies. He, he watched Roadhouse too much or something. Right, 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 right. Oh, not, e- oh, not even Roadhouse. Because I saw the movie a hundred times. And, and Patrick Swayze was like, be cool, be nice. So he didn't follow that. He was just the, the beginning part of Roadhouse. The first right. half when he's throwing people out. But they that's, don't give a shit. That's when he turned it off. Right, he turned yeah, yeah. off after that. It's like Fredo. Yeah. Fredo meets half of Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse. And and, and the, the worst part of it is, I think he had these balls because who did he have behind him? Because we had no choice. It was us, right? And, you know, I said, would you be acting like this if you didn't have us? You know, and we. It seems like we were bailing him out all the time, or calming him down, always popping shit. You know that guy sure. who comes out, you know, oh, oh my co, hold me, hold me, and he's like. And like stop stop you're 90 pounds stop and again like you would not this would not be your energy if you were here by yourself he knows no. that y'all know that that is yeah that is what it is right yeah and it, and it always broke the mood we all you know we always broke the mood i'm like what's up oh, this guy's in trouble again i'm like oh fucking christ it was like well <laughs> and, and i would think right this is what i would think is like you know why he's in trouble Right. Like, yeah. you know what, like, cause you, if you know someone, I feel like you know someone's personality well enough and you know that he's like a shithead like this. Yeah. You know that when he's constantly getting into shit, it's like, what's the common denominator, bro? Like how many times out of the night are you getting in trouble? Meanwhile, me, this other guy, maybe one, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I can, I, I mean, everybody, we all, we all have issues, you know, it, we all have, problems we all get into trouble and get to altercations but i'll i'll get into one or two within a six month period you know what i'm right. saying yeah and exactly. this other guy he, it's his night you know it, it but this was every weekend it was always something it's like and he couldn't get like i said he's the owner's best friend's son so who how are you gonna fire this guy Right, exactly. Well, when he gets that fucking lawsuit because he's yeah. fucking he fucked up the wrong person, it's like you fuck up a Guggenheim, and he fucking comes back and he's like, "That's the guy," and it's like, "Well, yeah. you know, yeah, that's, that happens. That happens. We, you know, there's always lawsuit threats, and this happened, that happened. A, a good friend of mine, uh, he was great. One of one of the definitely a good member of the team, strong." Right well-trained, well-versed. I mean, he can totally rip somebody apart, but he wouldn't act it. That, that's a great bouncer, you know? Totally can totally can rip somebody apart, but he doesn't act it. He doesn't unleash. He, you know, he speaks intelligently. And if he has to, he has to. And unfortunately, he lost his job because he broke up a fight and some lady said that he put her his hands on her and she's pregnant. Well, 
Yeah, that's yeah, but yeah, but she yeah, she's pregnant, but they're ordering bottles and she's drinking. You know, it's doesn't add up. That exactly, that does not but, add. But they had to let him go because they're trying to avoid that you know whole lawsuit shit, and it happens unfortunately. That is kind of a shit shit way to end it, you know. So, listen, Pudge, thank you so much for bringing your stories in, dude. I really appreciate it. It was fucking great. Uh, now, I want to get into our next segment, right, sure. which is uh, what were you drinking? Now, for those of y'all who are new to the podcast, this is how this works. I have a very uh, messy Facebook and Twitter timeline, so much so that there are people who post things that I have to assume that they are drunk when they wrote it because no one sober would volunteer this information. So, Pudge, you have been a bouncer for a very long time. You have seen people drunk off of all sorts of different liquors, so we are going to rely on you and your knowledge and expertise of what people were drinking uh, to diagnose what you think this person wrote. Okay. Sure. Let's give it a shot. All right. So here comes the post. <clears throat> what do you do when your fiance of six years decides he wants to start taking it in the ass? We have planned a life together with all of these dogs that I stay home with. And now I have nowhere to go with 25 dogs and a turned off debit card. What was this person drinking when they wrote that? She's engaged. She is engaged. She is engaged. She with 25 dogs. Mm-hmm. And she finds out her fiancé wants it in the ass. Yep. She's wine. Is it wine? She's too much wine. Yes, too much wine. Mm-hmm. 25 dogs, that's the wine. That's, I own 20. <laughs> I, yes, I saved 25 dogs. I'm 20. That's the 25 dogs. That's a wine. That's a, that's a morning whiner. That's mm-hmm. a that's a afternoon wine. That's a <laughs> mid afternoon. I'll, I'll just you know what I don't want to over. I'll just have a spritz. I'll just just a spritzer, and then would, for for dinner a uh, bottle, just to finish it off. Now, yes, just to finish I, it off. I was going to ask what type of wine, but it sounds like white wine. If I had to guess, if we were doing a spritzer, and and yes, and yeah, in the day, in the day it'll be white because it's clear. It goes with the ambiance of the sunlight. I see them. Twenty five dogs. There's a lot of space. There's sure. a backyard, so definitely white wine. The kitchen has these big windows with the with the sunlight that beam in. Sure. So the, so the the light of the of the sun goes through the glass and just you know through the white wine and look get that little ambiance that mm-hmm. feel to it. So yes, I see a lot of space, glass, open white wine. But at dinner, bottle of red. Bottle of red to finish it bottle, off. Bo- bottle of red because now it's nighttime. It's a meal. You want to do it right because she's a professional. I mean, she probably has a little stash of wine somewhere in the basement, which she calls her cellar, which is just a, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know, and she's and she you know she's got every everyone man imaginable for every for every meal. She's got the white for the fish, the red for the meat and the pasta. You know, mm-hmm. she's got the she's got the port wine for dessert. She knows her wine. This She's is, a whiner. This is a wino's whiner. Thank you. Yep. Pudge, thank, this is very, very insightful, too. Uh, this is very oh. specific. Uh, and this is what we want. So we appreciate your knowledge and expertise here. Thank oh. you, sir. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's so that's going to do it. That's going to do it for our show. Uh, I want to thank you, Pudge, again, for coming through to hang with us. Um, 
if you want to find our podcast, you can do that everywhere where you download uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Again, that's how you, that's how motherfuckers find the show. Uh, openbartalk at gmail.com and openbartalk on Instagram. Uh, again, I'm Jim Search. Uh, you can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com. All social media is at Jim Search. So be sure you look for us there. Uh, Pudge, uh, do you got anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Uh- Hey, listen, if anybody wants to check me out, uh, hit me up, Pudge Fernandez, Facebook, Pudge Fernandez, Instagram, my YouTube channel, Hot Pudge Sunday. I have a series, Hot Pudge IG Live, that I've been doing during this pandemic. Um, I've been interviewing comedians, actors, veterans, uh, security experts, teachers, FDNY, NYPD, a lot of fun interviews. And uh, I got some comedy clips. So Hot Pudge Sunday is my YouTube channel, and Pudge Fernandez is my... um, Facebook, Instagram, and website. There you go. There Pudge it is. Fernandez. Pudge, thank you so much for hanging uh, again. Uh, and we want to shout out everybody who listens. Uh, we appreciate the support. Uh, bartenders and bouncers live a fucking wild life, as you heard. And so it is important that these stories live on. Uh, make sure you support your bar staff out there right now. Yes. COVID is real. Uh, you know, they take care, they've taken care of you for years. It's time for you to take care of them. Uh, so uh, bartender, you know, throw them, throw them some money today. Uh, make sure you put a water between each drink and we will catch you on the next one. Peace.